Welcome back to No Beer Left Behind. I am Brian here in North Texas, and I am joined by Frank down in Austin. Frank, how are you doing tonight? What's up, Brian? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm hanging in there. I had a busy day. It's uh, we're recording on a Saturday again. Uh, I oh, get- we're not going. We're not going up on a Tuesday. <laughs> no. Or is this going up on a Tuesday? <laughs> no, this will probably go up on a Sunday. On a Sunday, <laughs> but we'll figure it out. I'm hoping Parker gets to join us. So, you know, it seems like we get more more people are willing to drop in on a Saturday evening cast, but uh, usually it just ends up being Brian gets really annihilated on these casts. So <laughs> I've, I've got to watch it. Uh, last week, uh, I made mention in our little thread that I drank um, over a gallon of Twisted Tea on a Friday night. And I have to say, having survived that, um, not advisable. Don't do that. How much sugar is in one of those? Let's don't. I looked it up, man. It's not as like it's not as many calories as you would think, but mm-hmm. the amount of sugar and carbs uh, it was just insanity. I drank a twelve pack. My word. Uh, yeah. So hundred what one hundred forty four ounces of uh, of twisted tea. Um, it was like a day's caloric intake. Uh, in twisted tea. In twisted tea. A day's worth of twisted tea. <clears throat> and I gotta say, the aftermath the following day. Imagine you wrecked your stomach for a while. Yeah, it was really fucked up. It wasn't until like Monday till I got my shit together. Eh? Eh? Did it go up on a Tuesday? No, I said it wasn't until Monday till I got my shit together. Okay, I don't get it. Loose stool joke. Oh. <laughs> See what I did there? I got it. That was a deep cut. It, not a not as deep as you would think. It's pretty service level. Mm. Well, um, yeah, definitely not advisable. No, don't right. do that. That sounds horrific. Uh, I will be having a Guinness here in just a bit. I just have to go grab one in a minute. But mm. for the time being, I am not having anything. I did have a um, Devil's Backbone stovepipe. Oh, while from I was real making oil? dinner. Yeah, and you know we've talked about real oil before on this cast. Just really good value beer. Like, they don't charge too much for their product. It's quality. It's really well made. Um, so I'm a big fan of Real Ale. They just do shit right. You can Great also brewery. find it a lot of places, which is nice. Yeah, you find the stove pipes at, like, a convenience store. Yep. And they're two ninety nine for whatever is sixteen ounce beer. Like, you can't beat that. You just yeah, can't. I had a, a stovepipe of 90 Minute from Dogfish Head last night. Uh, and that is quite the treat because I, yeah. I like 90 minute. I rarely, if I buy a six pack, I'm not drinking six of them in a night because it's a, it's a lot. Um, but a 19, a very yeah, a 19, two of uh dogfish head. I like that. It's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of following that same thread this evening though. I am drinking sledgehammer from Petticolis brewing. Oh, very nice. So it is uh, obviously, you know, Velvet Hammer tripled up. I don't know. They it's, got a it's a, got a new uh, brand designer. 
Well, the, yeah, the, this is the first time I think they're putting it in like an actual can. Um, in the past, they've always done it in like crowlers. But this one is the third anniversary production of this beer, which, you know, uh, Velvet Hammer's like 8% alcohol. This one's 11.5% alcohol. Ooh. Yeah, it's the triple imperial red is what they call it. Pretty cool. They got like the hammer of Thor, like yeah. s- getting struck by lightning and shit. Well, I think Thor would be insulted if they called his hammer a sledgehammer. I mean, a sledgehammer is just uh, how it's used, right? You know? I mean, yeah, but it also makes you think of a the working man really shitty hammer hammering down on some rock or something. Thor's got some fucking he's got a serious hammer, dude. Tell me about it. He's mm-hmm. packing. Question about hammers that I always find interesting. You know, you know what a ball peen hammer is, right? Yeah, but I've heard it pronounced like four or five different ways. But mm, don't know about that. But the round side of the ball peen hammer is called the ball. The yeah, fl- sure. The flat side of the ball peen hammer is called the peen. That's right. There is a peen on a hammer. <laughs> Well, so here's the question: (laughs) the ball, the ball side of that hammer, right? That's technically to like, what is that for? Fuck, fine. I'm not a carpenter. Do I look like like Jesus on a cross right now? I'm assuming it has something to do with like hitting things at odd angles, and or shaping things like shaping metal. Besides peening, which is surface hardening by impact, it, it has many tasks. So it's just striking punches and chisels. Yeah. See? The peening face is used to round off edges of metal pins and fasteners such as rivets. Huh. Interesting. Well, the okay. more you know. You come to No Beer Left Behind for the beer information and you leave with peen talk. You know? Yeah, that's pretty... Like, I, I still don't know what the ball face is for. Oh, the ball of the hammer can be used to make gaskets for mating surfaces. A suitable gasket material is held over the surface where a corresponding gasket is desired, and the operator will lightly tap around the edges of the mating surface to perform the gasket, to perforate the gasket material. Okay, I don't even know what the fuck this is talking about. I, th- I think that part is fucking made up. That doesn't even <laughs> kind of sound accurate. I don't even know what that means. If you don't have scissors sense. and you're using a die, like what the fuck are we talking well, about? Brian, I'd also like to correct you because you said carpenter. This is a metallurgy hammer. It has nothing to do with carpentry, just so you know. So Fucking learn check. something new every day. I'll, I'll check. check yourself. I'll check my knowledge at the door and walk in as an open book, spread, spread arms wide open, ready to receive peen knowledge. <laughs> the, just how Creed professed it. Hell yeah. And Alter Bridge. R.I.P. Never forget. Damn it. Alter what? Bridge. Oh, that was the follow-up group to Creed. It sounded Alter exactly Bridge. alike. It was great. <laughs> Don't you besmirch the good name of Scott Stapp. That shit is so good. He does oh, like enough. Creed. He does enough for that on his own. <laughs> Getting drunk and passing out on stage. <laughs> Who was it? it? Man, there's so Creed is one of the bands, and then freaking Smash Mouth. Apparently, the lead singer of Smash oh, yeah. Mouth. It's trash before every show. Well, yeah, he got <laughs> fucked up and yelled at a crowd last year. Like, right after, like, you know, people are just now going back to concerts, and there's, like, 50 people in, a, like, a wine... He's not even play All-Star. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
He was they just yelling at people. That's <laughs> all he was doing. It was great. Oh my god. <sighs> I love it when I love it when stardom goes awry twenty years after the it's burned out. It's great. Oh, it's like yeah. Mrs. Bryan almost threw hands at the dude. Uh, who's that band who sings Two Princes? What's the fucking name of that band? Two Princes? Yeah. Oh, no. We can't just say that. So you know that... that Spin Doctors. Little... Hold Spin on. Spin Doctors. Yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. God. No. Sorry. I was playing it. What now? No, I said, you know the Hurdle game that you guys sent me? Yeah. So... I'm I'm okay at it, but there have been a significant amount of songs lately that I have never heard in my life. Yeah, so for the listeners who don't know what Frank is talking about, Hurdle is uh, it's cashing in on that uh, daily uh, guessing craze that Wordle started. Um, Hurdle is the music version of it. It's essentially name that tune for our yeah normal listeners. They play you little snippets of it. Yeah, you guess like one second, and if you don't get it then, you guess one second plus the second second. And then it goes up incrementally, so where you have a 15-second clip to see if you can name a song every day. Some of those songs are goddamn ridiculous. I don't know. There, there's, there are artists I've never even heard of. No. So one of the songs they had this week was from some lady named Kate Brown. Oh, you don't know I, fucking Kate? I've never heard any of her Come music. Come on. So then they pull up Kate Brown, like, and, and it seems similar to other songs, but it's not the songs that I'm thinking. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna skip a skip a guess and yeah. you know try to get. I get through 16 seconds and I'm like, I have never heard this fucking song in my life. And they pop it up and it's like, Kate Brown, you are to me or something. And I was yeah. like, okay, <laughs> sounds good. And then the next one will be fucking Stevie Wonder. <laughs> you're like, okay. Yeah, and some of them you're like, okay, this is this is nice, easy. You know, yeah. not, not some of them are more complex, but yeah. There have been, <clears throat> excuse me, probably four or five in the past 10 days that I have never, I didn't even know the artists existed. Yeah. That seems about right. Um, oh, fuck. Kinda, have you been playing Worldle? Yeah, I've been playing all of them. Um, been doing, so the Worldle, the Worldle, yeah. I will, um, after the fifth guess, I'll use the map. See, I play, um, I play if I can get within a thousand miles, then I pull up the map. Oh, okay. Because then at least I, and if I triangulate Learned it, up. yeah, if I triangulate it, it's much better for me. Well, yeah. I I got uh, Jamaica. Oh, I got Jamaica pretty, yeah. First guess, no map. What up? Very nice. Yeah, but like, I, I enjoy that one mainly because I used to read an atlas when I was a kid. I know you might be thinking, yeah. how, how Brian, how do you read an atlas? Well, good question. When you You're plot... talking about an actual atlas, not a map. Yeah, not... Well, no, it's just a book of maps, uh, an atlas is, so it's, it's... it's. No, there's a different kind of atlas, but okay. Now, well, the one that I was reading was simply a book of maps, and uh, I was reading it from the standpoint of taking over the Middle East because I had watched a couple of uh, American uh, fighter pilot movies, and I was convinced that uh, if I just knew some strategic oil refinery placements in the Middle East uh, that I could take over all of it. Okay. Don't ask um, why a fourth grader from central Oklahoma needed to figure out how to take Kuwait, but uh, I had it. Yeah, I mean, so some of us take on some uh, ambitious goals in life. That's certainly up there with some of the most ambitious ones. 
Have you ever seen um, the movie Iron Eagle? No. Uh huh. Uh huh. Never. Well, I don't. I, the war movies really are disturbing to me. Americans' obsession with military is really odd. Well, you really should give it a watch because if you liked the uh, 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 plane, what's his face in that movie? Shia LaBeouf. No, this movie was made in 1986, so Shia okay, LaBeouf he... was not in it. But you know who is? I just realized, Melora Hardin, aka Jan Levinson Gould. Nope, no Gould. What happened to Gould? She's in the film. Good lord, no way. And Lou Gossett Jr. Hell yeah, let's go. What what year was it? 84? 86. Okay, Shia LaBeouf was just walking out of the womb. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. In any movie. case, yeah, I I have not seen that, but. Um, yeah, it's funny, but you learn like I obviously, you know, we grew up in Africa. So a lot of the African countries, I can get pretty I can get within whatever, 800 kilometers or so or 600. It's just when you get to the armpit, mm. so many of them have very similar shapes um, that it becomes, I guess, I guess. And then I go look at the map. Yeah, that's that's how I am with basically the rest of the world. Um yeah, I, the ones that fuck me up are the ones that Costa Rica jacked me up the other day. Or it was oh, a while they, back. I only got it. I only got it because I like what they do with it is they flip the country. Yeah, it, it's like so, it's a uh, magnetically aligned rather yeah. than like the way it sits on a like within the continent. So yeah. it it's very confusing when you're actually looking like. The other day they had, um, what was the other country that screwed me up for a bit until I figured they had just flipped it? Um, I can't recall now. But it was a country over by Moldova, whatever. Oh, Albania was like that. Okay, Albania, that might have been it. But like they had flipped it upside down. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Oh, I've now never... you, can, you can turn that off because there is okay. a, a flip randomly. And that one, I, I tried that and I got, I got bent over it desk it was bad it was real bad um but yeah no it's it's when they align with like the way the curve of the country goes so like mexico and central america has that like little s curve to it it pulled costa rica and it didn't look like it was part of a curve it just looked like it was stat it fucked me up bad yeah anyway enough about the uh, well the dailies yeah those are fun uh we should be talking about the daily like surf of the surface of the sun that we're experiencing. Oh, this yeah. summer is going to blow. Just blow. It's just going to blow. It's yeah, no, I agree. Um, Dude, it's we're already in the hundreds and it's May 14th. We normally don't see hundreds until early July. We, yeah, no, I think we'll hit it this week on mother's day. Uh, the heat index was 110 here in North Texas. Oh. And it felt like every bit of it. It was goddamn miserable. Like Thanks. we were gonna have have. Uh, I made uh, Korean brisket tacos uh, mm-hmm. for for Mother's Day. Pickled onions, uh, sriracha mayo, you the whole nine yards. What? No, I made them. I didn't let my father in law cook them. Um, 
My daughter <laughs> sidestepped. Get a nice sear nice on the brisket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get a, we're gonna get a good burn on this brisket. <laughs> so we're having uh, one of the funniest videos. <laughs> if, for those who don't know the backstory, <laughs> Brian is sitting on his father-in-law's patio. I'm testing out my drone. I just got <laughs> it. He's testing out his drone, and he. He's flying the drone just above his head, pointed towards the patio. You can see Brian's forehead in, in, in the picture. And all of a sudden, there is this ball of flame coming from the grill on the patio behind him. And, I mean, we all know brisket is low and slow because it's full of fat, right? <laughs> no <It's>, more. <laughs> His father-in-law had placed a lead, uh, a fatty brisket mm-hmm. on a hot fire and seared it and lit the entire grill on fire. Dude, that brisket had been cooking for about 10 hours at that point in the oven. And he just like, oh, I'm going to get a good sear on this thing. <laughs> like... <laughs> The ball of fire. And the hilarious part is I've tried fly the drone away from the fireball because I was like, this thing's going to melt. Like, this isn't safe. My father-in-law looks at it. Like, you, he makes eye contact with the drone. what the fate was at that point. And then, like, tries to shield what he's done with his body. Like, between the drone. I was like, no, bro. I see the fire. You can't cover that up. You've got brown. You've got, like, black marks on the side of, on the siding of your house. <laughs> Where the I have, get lit up. I have never seen a fireball on a grill that quick, that big. Like hey. it, it, there was no controlling it. No, like, I don't think you could see the brisket in the middle of that fire. You know, you there was aluminum the foil. Fire. There was aluminum foil in there, oh and you God. know what happened? All the juices lit up like it was fucking lighter fluid. Like it just mm. started burning in the aluminum foil. It was a whole, it was a problem. Anyway, mm. um, side note. My daughter is graduating kindergarten in a couple of weeks, and we're having a little graduation party for her, right? She wanted, okay. she wanted hot dogs. Okay. Her exact quote was, I want Dad to cook the hot dogs. I don't want Papa to touch them. <laughs> I was like, whoo, yikes. That's a roast. It's going to be, yeah, a literal roast. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Boom, roasted. Boom, roasted. Yeah, no, so last week made, uh, made tacos uh, there in the, the, the Instant Pot. And uh, we were going to have them out in the backyard, like under the cabana, out by the pool. Nice. We stepped outside, and everyone started sweating at the same time. We were like, fuck this. No, we're going to stay inside in the AC. This is Mother's Day, man. It's Mother's Day. You shouldn't be sweating your ass off. Yeah, that's, that's that's the frustrating part this year is it seems as though we didn't really have much of a winter. And now we're straight up into, I don't know, surface of, surface of the sun at level l- heat. At least gates of hell. We're right there. It's so hot. I mean, it's so hot. And I was looking Minneapolis this year. They had snow not even three weeks ago on the ground. What? Minneapolis today was like 94 degrees. That's um, normal. Everybody, everybody should be feeling real healthy. I just, I mean, that just, it's unheard of, you know, like that's not, it's not normal for that place to be that hot so quickly. So 
Well, <clears throat> it's it it should break. It will likely break a hundred this week here in Dallas. Um, I told you before there is something in my world that is making the heat way worse. Okay, I'm gonna sh- I'm just gonna share with you. My AC went out in my car about three months ago. Okay. Oh. Now I haven't had to deal with it because honestly, up until the last two weeks, really, it's been bearable. Like yeah. I leave a little earlier, so I don't have to sit in traffic as long. That way, I can leave work a little earlier, so I can keep it moving and ride with the window down. Now I'm going to show you my my left arm, where you can see I've been wearing a watch. Okay, mm-hmm. doing this number, doing getting the old trucker tan with my hand out the window. Now my my right arm. <laughs> Is a different color. Oh, good Lord, Brian. <laughs> How did you not foresee this? Well, um, it's uh, kind of unfortunate uh, byproduct of being white is that uh, if you don't purposely do it, you will tan like a fucking crazy person. You do look kind of crazy. Yeah, it looks wild. <laughs> you, you have a trucker tan. I have a trucker tan. It's it's pronounced. Um, so do you, I mean, it is. It's pronounced enough to be able to see it on the freaking... On a webcam. <laughs> So, okay, um, did you figure out what was wrong with your AC? Yeah, so I've, uh, the, over the last three months, I've been uh, test, testing out and diagnosing things. Yeah, I did the old AC recharge kit. That wasn't it, uh, because as soon as I plugged it in, uh, it showed that I had charge in the AC like lines. So um, I went down the line to the next step, which was uh, the compressor clutch. And I think my compressor clutch is bad. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, your AC compressor is an accessory on your engine for most people, unless you have some fucking weird ass engine. Uh, it's an accessory like your power steering and, uh, like, uh, alternator, which recharges your battery as your, as your engine runs. Um, so it's along the accessory drive belts on your, on the front of your motor. Well, um, in the middle of your, your AC unit is probably is most likely on the bottom because it of your motor because it's a pain in the ass to get to because fuck you. Why, why would you put it in an easy place to repair? Um, on my car, it's also on the, like my motor sits transverse. It sits uh, horizontal to the road. Um, and where the AC unit, the AC compressor sits, um, it just gets hit with shit all the time. Like it catches road debris and everything. Uh, so, the clutch unit, which sits in the middle, uh, the little pulley spins around the outside and the clutch unit engages Thus, uh, you know, spinning, spinning with the pulley. Well, my clutch unit engages for about 30 seconds and then it just stops. Um, and from what I have read and what I have heard, uh, that is you, you can rebuild a clutch in an AC unit or in a compressor. Uh, but it is just as likely that there are other problems in the unit. So it might as well replace the whole thing, which I bought today. Um, bought the AC compressor for my car. I bought all the manifold and vacuums that I have to do, have to have for my, to uh, properly uh, prep the new compressor unit. I bought compressor oil and O-rings to redo all of my lines. Jesus. Frank, I went fucking nuts deep and even got a uh, proper serpentine belt wrench. So did you get this at uh, O'Reilly's? No, I did not because those motherfuckers wanted... $800 for an AC compressor for my vehicle. Now, just to be clear, that is a good chunk of the value of my vehicle. (laughs) 
like, yep. so uh, I went to AutoZone, checked them out. They're this about the same. It's like seven something. Um, went to Car Parts. Uh, there's a website that uh, specializes in aftermarket OEM via, you know parts, and I found one for any guesses. Two fifty. Thereabouts. Two twenty five is what oh, it came out to. Now all the other tools and everything added up to about one hundred and forty dollars. Uh, a lot of the tools I'll be able to use for other projects and shit um, on my car. Some of them are very specific to air conditioning, but I also kind of understand that my wife's car could need a new air conditioning unit not too long in the not too distant future as well. We are in. We'll be prepped. We are in in the state of Dallas, in the state of Texas, where the gates of hell are right upon us all the time. There are air conditioning units run constantly. So, and if nothing else, like yeah. We're good. I, I can use a vacuum unit for other things, I'm sure. Anyway, so do you know what the cost is? Because I, I did this. I bought all the parts, and I was like, I'm going to do it myself because one, I don't, do it at a dealership. Yeah, at a dealership or just at a at a just a you know automotive because there's several like shops around me that would do it. I'd imagine. I mean, if you're saying the base parts are 800 bucks, if you get them OEM, then they mark that up another 30. So call, they're going to charge you probably 1200 bucks for the parts. Then add labor, which is fuck man. That's gotta be what four or five hours of work. So yeah, probably, I don't know, 3,500 bucks. So it's not quite that much, but it is right around 1200 to $2,000 just for the work. Just or is it for the parts? It's, it's for the parts and, oh, okay. and uh, charging and everything. Like, cause you have to charge the unit afterwards which is something I have not purchased yet. I do have to buy the refrigerant, which yeah. is going to be cheap. like 40 bucks, I think, to for all the refrigerant for this, for my car. You can get it on Amazon for cheap, too. They so sometimes you can, you can, but... So the, the thing is, I you have to also know how much refrigerant goes in your system. Mm-hmm. And I have found... <laughs> I found the units at AutoZone that are like nine ounce canisters, which is perfect because yep. I just buy two of them and I'm done. I put all two, you know, the whole two whole canisters in and I'm done. I don't have to bring out a scale to measure how much of the 12 ounce canister has to go in because you, you cannot overfill. If you do, you will Got fuck it. up your system. You can't under, you don't want to underfill cause you'll fuck up your system. So I'm just going to go to AutoZone, buy those canisters. I've also got to buy an accessory belt cause I haven't changed that on my car, uh, mm-hmm. since I owned it. So it's at a hundred and, 130,000 miles. So new accessory belt while I've got it off, might as well go ahead and change it. So I'm telling Mrs. Brian all this. She's looking at me like, I haven't told her by the way, how much like the average AC replacement cost. How much you're saving. Yeah. I'm telling her all this. She's like, when the flex at the end, yeah, Yeah, you got to say that. How much I just saved. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) I just, you know, just put a pretty good chunk of change down on all these parts. And she's like, you know, well, it's about to get hotter than hell, so you might as well go ahead and do it. She's like, how long is this, how long do you think it's going to take? And I was like, well, I'm not sure. The biggest thing is how much we save. And I told her how much we saved. Okay, I'm looking at a leg. I'm looking at... This is, These what? are socks. Okay. Look at this. Maybe what the fuck is food. this? What kind it's of like socks are they? Pug, I don't know. Pugs at the beach. Nice, well done. I mean, that is something, hun. My word. Yeah. <laughs> that is, what the hell? Who makes those? 
Dreamers and Schemers. Are they our new sponsor? Dreamers and Schemers. Uh, $18 for a pair. They give you a free one, and then they gave you one extra sock. Wait, there was there was a, there was a single sock. There was okay. There were two pairs of socks, and then a single sock. And the the single sock. Each pair has a single sock that's extra. So you buy three okay, socks so you buy, to a you pair. Buy two pairs, right? Okay. Okay. And then this, <clears throat> this is hamsters or mice and cheese. Right. And then each sock, like pair, comes with a random fucking sock. That I don't know. I guess maybe this is now a new set here, right? Hot. 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 Did Troy get into this sock business? Did Troy help your wife buy socks? I don't know, but there's a picture of a pug shitting a rainbow. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Okay. Back to refrigerant talk here on car talk. <laughs> anyway. A pug mermaid. Pug wow. mer- pug, pug, pug really mermaid. Good. Anyway, the depths of uh, Frank, graphic here's, design. Here's where <laughs> graphic design is my passion. Here is where I, I need your help and the uh, the no beer left behind listeners, the loyal no beer left behind listeners. Okay, mm-hmm. Mrs. Brian asked, "How long do I think this is going to take?" I gotta, okay. I gotta no. be honest. I have no clue. I'm going in uncharted waters because I may have to break out, like bust out a breaker bar to get this. Let Frank, like, let Frank give you an estimate and then double it. Okay. okay. How long do you think it's going to... Whatever well, I say, double it. Okay. But also remember, it's me working on this, not you working on this. I, I'm still telling you, Okay. based on the fact that you've never done this job before, uh-huh, uh-huh. I would double it. I'm going to say three to four hours. Do you think it's going to take eight hours? I think probably six to eight, my friend. Okay. Well, I will say this. I, I do have to run the vacuum unit for... You're running... Vacuum lines. That's not no. Easy. I'm not running anything. I have, but I have to run the vacuum unit for an hour by itself. So, I mean, I have to do that in order to like properly install this thing. There's also oil involved in the compressor unit, and there's an exact amount of oil that I have to add to the compressor unit. So that I have to take, take that into account. So what are you in two two and a half? I was gonna say five hours. Okay. And that's so my, my estimate is six to eight isn't off. Six to eight's not off, but I'm gonna say if I go over five hours, I'm gonna be disappointed in myself. Okay. You know, like we're gonna need a. Are you doing this tomorrow? No, 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 no. I I, I ordered the parts today. It'll be in throughout okay. the week, uh, so it'll probably well, be next like Saturday. Next and we're gonna yeah. have to, you know, check out the Instagram. Mm. Brian's gonna be giving us hour by hour updates as this goes on. I may go live on our TikTok. And oh just, God, please do. Just Give us see, a review of the job that's needing to be done. Yeah, you just you know? see me, my legs stuck out from underneath the car as it's crushing me. And like, give, us, give us your time box project plan. Uh-huh. An hour focus on, you know, I'll do, I'll do like a checklist of things that yeah. I have to do. I am going to write a, write a like step-by-step list. You have to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is something you can fuck. Up. Yeah. And it, it's like, as I'm researching this, that's, dude, it took two days off this week to research how to do this. Okay. Oh my God. I, I, that's what I spent my vacation time on. Wait, and you still you still have a tan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't go outside. It was hot as fuck. At the warehouse. I need to grab them tomorrow. Two of them are there. There's one on the. Two of them are where? Grill. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I, thought it was <laughs> I know. I apologize. It's <laughs> great. Y'all are going through detailed what like a checklist lighters. of what you I have left, to do. I left our grill lighters at the warehouse. Oh, the worst. Dude, do you know what? When you go to pick them up, just don't come back, Frank. You fucking take that. (laughs) Why did you even bother coming back? (laughs) Don't show your face Um, around here unless you get those lighters. All right. So, yeah. So you're going to be doing a five to six hour job. (laughs) Yeah. Next Saturday. It's going to be hot as hell. It's going to be. Yeah. Again, the reward is you're going to have AC. So you're going to go another week of building up a base tent. I would probably put some fucking sunscreen on your left arm going forward, you idiot. <laughs> Yo, listeners, you can't the see. Sun down and to work. Like, <laughs> I can't. It's So I drive south to work, so I drive north on the way it. back. It's it's always on my left side. Always on the left side. I can't, I can't help it. Dude, I, the, there was one day this week... I was so embarrassed, Frank. Like I almost, I almost just fucking called it in. So I had to start. I guess this is last week. I had to start the day in our Fort Worth hometown. I had to do some like heavy, heavy recording there. And when I say heavy recording, like I'm lugging my video, my work video camera around and walking probably about three miles. So I have to leave there and have to go back to our Dallas hometown to be on camera for like a an ever what we call an evergreen video. And it's the video that literally could be played for the next 10 years. I was in the original one in 2016 uh, or 2017. And it's hilarious because I'm, I'm a good like 70 pounds lighter than I was in that video in 2017. I look like a whole different person. So I was obviously on board for re-recording it. Um, anyway, so I had to get from Fort Worth to Dallas I am sweating my fucking ass off the well, entire time. Don't have an air conditioner. Don't have an air conditioner in my car. I've just got done working my ass off in Fort Worth. I'm sitting in traffic. I can't roll. So, genius Brian, I was like, I'm gonna be sweating. I should bring. I should bring a different shirt, a second shirt. Bring a change of yeah. clothing. Obviously, Always. that's what I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm talking. Look who I'm talking to, Frank. You know, you know what's up. Oh yeah, no, no. Frank plans for sweat. Yeah. Uh, you and Cesar Aspilicueta, y'all plan for sweat. That's what you do. Um, so I have the I have my dress shirt hanging up in the back seat, right? Mm-hmm. Smart move. Smart, because I'm like, yeah, any wrinkles that might be in it, they're going to get knocked out because it's basically a steamer at this point because it's, it's fucking hot as shit in there. But I didn't realize that, like, oh, fuck, man. Like, in order to get the proper, like, wind flow in my car, I've learned I roll my driver's oh, side God. window all that the way down. Shirt blew out the window. Damn near on eight twenty. <laughs> damn near as I'm driving to the office, I'm going like seventy five, eighty miles an hour. Okay, <laughs> I, I I've got the window because my window is all the way down. My back passenger window, I crack to let the air flow in and out of my B pillar, which is right there where your your seatbelt mm-hmm. is, so I don't mess my hair up. Okay, because you know otherwise you look like you just got done in a blow dryer for fucking an hour and otherwise, well otherwise it looks like you don't have air conditioning yeah, otherwise yeah otherwise i'm a sweaty mess uh and my hair's all fucked up because i don't have air conditioner in my car i'm so, sorry guys i'm here for the shoot but i don't have air conditioning in my, I don't car. Have air conditioning in my car obviously you'll take it well so as i'm driving i hear the strangest sound which is a plastic coat hanger getting sucked out the window of my car at like 80 miles an hour. Had it not been for the like the the coat hanger getting caught on my car, my shirt oh. would have been fucking out the window. 
So I was lucky enough to grab it and get yeah. it taken care of and then roll the back window up and just sweat the entire time that I was in the car. My God. Lucky Brian. enough. Luckily I got to work early, you know, got to the where I was recording early enough where I can cool off and then change shirts. So it was, yep. but you're right. This y'all, I know this is an audio format and it's really difficult to get visual jokes, but my arms are totally different colors. Like, it's fucking bad. And I didn't realize it. It's so sad that I didn't realize it until until today. Uh, <laughs> it's not like this just showed up, dude. I've been walking around just like... <laughs> Everybody's been like, man, that dude has one really tan arm. <laughs> Did you fucking fall asleep in the shade? Okay, where's where's Mrs. Brian? Is she sleeping on the job here? I mean, well, that's she, so patently obvious that you have one she, arm that is... She hasn't brought it up, so I don't know if she's just like, oh, God, I just don't... You know, there's other things that I have to focus on. I don't know. I already have to deal with him. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't want to deal with all this and just points to my left arm. (laughs) Man, yeah. No, that that is a very tan left arm. I will... um, Looks good, though, right? For... uh, That's a good base tan. The other (laughs) arm, to catch up, needs probably about a week. Of just Um, straight sunlight. Sunlight. You think if I get enough uh, of those UV lights that I could just hold yeah, my arm under them? Do it at work. <laughs> like Michael Brian, Scott. Brian, Brian gets a little arm tan bed at work, and he just sits there. And they're like, "What are you doing, man?" He goes, "Evening out my tan." Yeah, even not. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm clicking lefty on the mouse this week because I got to get my tan evened up. I got to get my tan even. Oh goddamn! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that would be hilarious. That really would be very funny. <laughs> In any case, yeah. So, well, you know. Do you keep us updated on the gram when you do that? Oh yeah, uh, air conditioning update because over under is five. I'm gonna go with over. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's gonna take about six to seven hours. I'll do. Um, I'll do. Um, because the other thing that you um like that you do for these is you test the you check the temperature coming out of your vents before and after, right? Yeah, to make sure it's actually working. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what that is because right now. Uh, the other day when I tested it at, no joke, 9 o'clock at night, um, the temperature coming out of my vents was a, a very brisk 92 degrees. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, you know, um, this week, what I would suggest you do is go to work at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> go to work. No, no, no. Get yourself one of those uh, fans that you plug into the 12-volt outlet. Uh, yeah, I've already already looked into those, my guy. <laughs> Get yourself a block of uh, <laughs> dry, dry ice, ice. <laughs> and just put it in front. Get yourself a little swamp cooler going on in there. Um, it'll feel a hell of a lot better than whatever the fucking plan is you had. <laughs> Opening the window on the tarmac, <laughs> like on the surface of the sun that is the all-concrete down the highway, and this man's driving with the windows open. Hey, it's better than them closed because I, I do. I can't stress to you the. The moral defeat of turning your AC on and being like, come on. And the first blast is like just brisk and cold. And then it immediately, you just, you hear something click and then it just, it's like somebody breathing on you. You're just like, oh, fucking get out of here. This, it's going to be a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what ends up happening when you, uh, you don't have AC. I mean, Willem and I, I think we've told the story about not having a heater in the middle of a cold river, um, driving up to Minnesota. That was life. 
threatening shit. I mean, I there is a video. I think Willem still has the video somewhere where we had been able to just through airflow keep a, a essentially a porthole open <laughs> on the front windshield, right? Uh. If we wanted to change lanes, I'm not bullshitting you. We had to roll down the windows <laughs> and take our heads out. Dude, if, if a police drove, officer had pulled you over, y'all would have gone to jail. For we had driven damn near 300 miles like this. <laughs> oh, my God. See, what's wild is car manufacturers are supposed to make car, Like, it behooves them to make a car that, by default, the heater always works. Yeah. Because like, that's how your heat... Like, something happens to your cooling system for your engine cooling system, the default method to keep your engine running is your heater. Your yeah. heater then takes the heat off of your engine block and puts it into the car, thus keeping your te- your motor running at, at uh, operating temperature or near operating temperatures. Like So the fact that that wasn't even working... My guy, you should you would have been better off drilling holes in the firewall of that car and just being like, fucking hope, hope some of that heat comes into here. I'm just telling you right now, we, I, I don't know how we didn't die on that road. Uh, there were people who spun off the side, <laughs> semi trucks, like four wheel drive trucks. We were driving a Mercury Sable 2001 Mercury Sable, um, going, I don't know, 40, 50 miles an hour. And all we had was a <laughs> porthole that was about, oh, well, I'm, Let's call it. You're you know, talking about like eight by eleven, but like eight thinner. by eleven sheet of paper. Yeah, like it was. It was not a big amount of space. I, you know what? I know place. what space you're talking about because it's the part that's right there by the defroster that is just. Uh-huh. Yep. I there are several times that I have driven to work or driven out of my neighborhood off of that little piece because I'm not patient enough to wait for the whole goddamn car to okay. defrost. And now imagine that that piece, nah. but Mm-mm. imagine. Everything around it being frozen solid with ice. No, no, I'm um, good. Yeah, that was yeah, that was death defying. We did it though, so you know I can say that. Um, um, Frank, do you want to go grab your beer right now? Because I have a bit of a surprise for the for the folks at home. Sure. I'm gonna just pause this for a sec until he gets back, and we're back. Frank, you got your uh, you got your Guinness. I do. Yeah. Uh, quick question. <sighs> Did they change the wrap on these? Have they always been the shrink wrap plastic? Yeah, uh, and to be honest, that is what keeps those bottles together so well. I dropped one of those bottles off the top of a uh, cooler in a Whole Foods one time, and the bottle hit off the floor and just shot about 20 feet down an aisle, hit some lady. It was great. didn't break. Uh, I've seen people drop those bottles. They bounce up and they catch them at, like, chest height. They don't break. Yeah. Uh, it's be- that shrink wrap keeps the glass together a lot better. And unless you hit it like on a point, uh, like a pointed mm-hmm. surface or whatever, that, that shit will not break. Are you drinking it straight right. from the bottle? Uh, no, I poured it. And this one you can drink straight from the bottle. Oh, can you? Yep. Um, so this one's brewed in Ireland. Is that even true? Yeah. All of them are still brewed in Ireland unless you're the small handful of people who drink Guinness Extra Stout in like New York State. Um, those, there is a brewery in, there's a Guinness brewery in Canada that makes Guinness extra stout. The only beer, uh, only beer that Guinness makes outside of that one that's sold here in the United States, uh, outside of the dub, uh, outside of Ireland, uh, is the Guinness Baltimore blonde. 
Yeah, it's their golden lager. Do they still make their IPA and all that stuff? I, so their Open Gate Brewery makes a lot of stuff in Baltimore. Uh, a lot of like one-off, like pilot batch uh, type beers. They you remember might. you get a lager and an IPA. So the lager is the Guinness Blonde, uh, the, Guinness, okay. the Baltimore Blonde. That is their, their golden lager that they've made. That's um, dry hopped with some Americanized hops. Um, but yeah, their nitrogenated IPA was fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no moss. That is not sold at least here in this part of the country. Um, so I, but I mean, that's my favorite beer, man. I've had, I've had Guinness draft in bottle like you're drinking. Um, I found one that I left in my mom's house for about eight years <laughs> and I drank it right alongside a fresh version. It makes no difference. It was just as good. Oh, you, you found an old Guinness. Oh yeah. Oh, that- yeah, uh, it was one that still had the widget in the bottle back when they did oh, that. Oh, yeah, those were the shit. Now, these, uh, you don't have any widgets because they figured out how to incorporate it in the bottling process. So Yeah, the widgets were cool. The widgets are still in the, the cans, though. Widgets are in the cans, and people who... Yeah, people who play uh, beer pong with Guinness draft in cans, uh, they need to be have their heads checked because you don't want to fuck it. Like, the draft top people, the new draft top people... Um, have posted on their social media of the Guinness drafting cans and they pluck the, they, they cut the top off the Guinness, pluck the widget out of there and they play beer pong with that. I'm like, dude, that beer is going to taste like dicks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, uh, Frank, we, we paused so that I could uh, present. I'm not going to do a full one here, but I am going to do the pomp, not the circumstance, but just the pomp. Okay. Okay. So I am drinking a very special beer. I'm sure you might have guessed what it is. It's in a green bottle. It is Presidente. Oh, the Pilsner-style beer from the Dominican Republic. It's so good. It's I almost flipped a shit when I saw it in Dallas at Total Wine. I was like, get the fuck out of here. And I looked on the Total Wine website, and I found that it was at the Denton, I'm sorry, the Denton store. So I picked up a six-pack. Set me back all of $7.50. Mm-hmm. Brewed in America. That's all right. At the Anheuser Busch Brewery in St. Louis. Um, but I got to be honest, I've got this one is cold as hell. The it one, has. The one that I had last night with pizza wasn't quite as cold. This yeah. one is cold as hell, and it is fucking amazing. The one last night, I, I think I gave it a grading of like 85% of the way there from mm-hmm. the, the Dominican Presidente. Uh, this one is 100% there. It's yeah, fucking amazing. That, that beer, the key to that beer is is cold. I don't know what that means about you know, the quality of it, but that beer, if you get it damn near freezing, it is so refreshing. It's amazing. It's a great, great summer beer. It, Dude, I, I kind of was half joking yesterday when I was like, I'm thinking about going back to Total and just buying their mm-hmm. stock in Presidente. Um but I think I legit might stop by, especially after having to drive home with no air conditioner all week this week. Yeah, it gives you an opportunity to even out the tan. <laughs> yeah. Just sit out in the backyard or in the front yard facing the street you know, or facing uh, my neighbor's house over here. Just drinking with my right arm the whole time doing 12 ounce power curls as the sun goes down. 
I mean, it's the only way to do it. I'm going to have to put my left arm in a trash bag to get this shit to even out. <laughs> anyway, uh, dude, I was so happy to find this beer, and I'm so happy to be drinking it. It's so, one of the few beers, friend, that I can 1,000% attribute to you bringing in this beer into my life. This is fantastic. Uh, and it's, I mean, I've Dominicans brought it into my life. I, it's one of those beers where you understand why in that country it's literally the only beer people drink because it's that good it's amazing like, it's, if if you if you told me you know americans only drank miller i'd be like americans you know probably need to taste better beer um in dominican when you go and you drink you know presidente presidente light <clears throat> you don't need anything else and it, 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 the, i mean this is a country that lives in heat right so IPAs aren't always what you're looking for. Like Dude, it's, it can't be. <laughs> it can't be. You're gonna be freaking like hot and exhausted the whole time. Yep. So uh, it's just that beer is so great. They have a a version of it in Dominican. So that I think is clocks in at like four point seven or something. Five. Five. Yeah. Okay. There's a version of it called Presidente Black, um, which they have in the dr and it clocks in at 6.7 is it a schwartz beer and, by any chance like a black lager uh, no 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 it's it's oh, I, okay. I don't think so but um that beer is freaking just amazing um but because of the bottle shortages they've had trouble um you know producing it so i i mean here's the i understand that green bottle is necessary for some people to enjoy specific flavor that they've identified with this liquid i've never like this i've never had this beer anything other like in anything other than a green bottle because to my knowledge they don't sell kegs of it uh they might here in the states like to be sent to like miami airport or some bullshit you know what i mean like they're not making anything but green bottles of this and i'm okay with it i really am this is great. And this and also, isn't that's a beer you don't want to sit on that. You want to Well, like, yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. I know I'm assuming I'm assuming that they did uh, well, you know, as, as I'm saying this, whatever. I'm just going to say it. So, this is freshest before uh, August 24th, 2022, which typically in America we do 6-month date labels on beer. So, if that's the case, it is brewed in America. If that's the case, this was made back in February. Um, but I would think, I mean, it would not, I wouldn't put it past, uh, Anheuser-Busch to put on a full year date code on this product because that's the norm for, uh, international beers, uh, Heineken, Stella, uh, basically any German lager that gets here has a year date code on it. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if this beer wasn't brewed in August of 2021 and I'm just now getting around to it. It's still fucking amazing. Yeah. Great beer. No, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you guys have it up there. We we have I have seen Presidente here in Specs. Um I have had some, but I didn't check to see where it's from. I need to go look. Yeah, the six pack that I bought on the six pack like holder, it says made in the USA for freshest okay. or whatever the hell. And then uh Yeah, that's the only place that I saw it because Nope. On the label, it also says brewed in the USA for a fresher taste. 
Okay. Yeah. I've got to go take a look because I'm pretty sure um, we'll probably get the same stuff now here. Because in the past, that was imported. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was only along the coast, like not even the Gulf Coast. It was like Miami. We saw it. We I know it was in New Jersey and New York, yep. um, but it wasn't. It's not in South Texas. Like it's nope. not along Corpus Christi or uh, Galveston. So, or at least it wasn't. Sure no, yeah, that's right. I'm sure now they're probably everywhere. But um, yeah, great beer. If you can find it, definitely pick up uh, Presidente. It's it's very tasty. Yep. Um, so just a quick update. We are now officially in the 14-day um, climate model weather reports. Because if the weatherman came on in Austin, it would just be like hot tomorrow, hot again the next day, even hotter the next day. Yeah. Um, there is not a cloud in the sky. It's just hot. <laughs> so on the weather, the weather page for KXAN, they are, and I mean, as a person who enjoys weather, they are deeper than I even care to get when it comes to a weather forecast. This dude just posted a weather blog about the possible <laughs> rainfall over the next 14 days, right? And Brian, he goes into like, uh, there are some ensemble models uh, trending towards et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, It's too much. It's honestly like, I was like, dude, you clearly don't have shit to write about. Nothing is happening in the weather and you're nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get some content out there. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, that is just like way too much. I, no one it's 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 the article that no one asked for that's <laughs> what this is if we head into those hotter summer months with very dry soil we have the possibility of dozens of trouble oh my god he uses the word exacerbating mm-hmm. i'm gonna turn yeah. the weather you know, music oh you know you're Stephen. too deep into weather talk when you start whipping out computer models 14 days out well, this person also wrote another article that's linked here. It's a must-read article. Um, Strange-looking mammatus clouds form over central Texas yeah. on Saturday. Same guy wrote this. This dude's a yeah. fucking nerd. He's absolutely a nerd. God and damn it. <laughs> what? Oh, a- my God. And he wrote, he wrote, hey, it's like a three-sentence, hey, these clouds were here. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is a mammatus cloud? What a uh, that's dick. That's funny. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, through the report it feature on our weather application where we find other nerds to fucking connect with. Our fucking nerdatorium. Shut up. Goddamn cloud bitches over here. Like, what a nerdatorium. <laughs> so, okay. Um, you got, okay. Do you ever use the iHeartRadio app? Uh, rarely. Just uh, every now and then I, I look on there to see if our podcast is on there, which it is. It is sweet. Um, I use the iHeartRadio app because I listen every day to the common man up oh, in Minnesota. But of they now have this thing where they call it Talkback. Okay. And you can essentially, any radio show now has its own little like 30 second audio clip that you can send from your phone. Oh, God. So, so you can sit oh, there and go, hey, Common, uh, <laughs> long-time listener, first-time talkbacker, um, <laughs> and then, you know, send them a clip. I would love to meet 
the human being who has to filter through that shit sift. because you sift through shit like that to be <laughs> trash like <laughs> i can only imagine how much trash they get well i mean um, to be honest if it's on the only on the iHeartRadio app there's probably very few people who are using that application and then using the talk back feature well okay so in the beginning it was like that okay but iHeart through their platforms now have been pushing that they are doing talkback. So instead of getting callers, they've been trying people to do this talkback. Oh right? God! And and it's been a concerted effort on their part to get people to do talkback. So much so that Common's like, you know, I'm forced to use it. I don't <laughs> like it. He's like, I think it's totally <laughs> stupid. He's like, the front office apparently thinks this is the biggest thing since sliced bread. He's like, all right, Tenna, play the talk back. And it's just some dude just going, <laughs> So they, they purposefully find the worst talk back and play it. Um, oh, God, please. How many have you sent him? I have sent zero. Ah. Um, I, no, I actually, sometimes I'll call in to the, the Vikings post game or Wolves post game or whatnot. Um, but that's just general, you know. Um, fan line type shit but these people like and some people are really funny with it like they they have like made up monikers mm-hmm. and characters right nice so when when someone calls in and they're like this is larry mandelo guy you already know it's gonna be <laughs> just a uh 30 seconds of roasting mark rosen who's <laughs> like a media personality up there who's an absolute legend um roasting him for 30 seconds then going Love you, Common. <laughs> and then hanging up. <laughs> That's what he does. That's what he does every time. Um, but yeah, this talkback thing just had me rolling the other day because they they try to push everybody to this app to do a 30-second clip. And I just thought, you know, what? now that people are actually doing it, this producer or whoever is his side producer is having to go through just dog shit for about <laughs> 10 minutes. Uh, trying to find a 30 second clip. I bet they just look for the first one. I bet you know, I bet um, they look for usernames who they have heard, had before and they're just like fuck probably. everybody else. Uh that's what I would do. You know, it's also that's funny cuz a lot of the problems that like talk radio has are with callers saying yep. shit or doing shit on quote unquote live air. Uh they get them in trouble. So about a talkback feature, they can screen like it's better than call screening because you and I have seen how easy it is to get by call screeners. Yep. Like you just oh I don't want to talk to so and so about such and such, and they're like all right you'll be on in a second, and when you get on you say whatever the fuck you want. Uh, oh, remember when you used to call into yes what, Ron and Fez? <laughs> no, it was Ron and Fez would have us Ron and Fez and Opie and Anthony would have their listeners call in other shows. Yeah, what's his name? Oh, the fucking sports guy in Orlando got fucking demolished for like three weeks straight. He they, couldn't even air his show. Yeah, no, it was uh, awful. But like, you you got to think now they have producers who can listen to the entire clip. They can even prep the the host with what's about to come up, and then just riff off of it for an hour and be done with it. So I'm gonna find I'm gonna find a clip um, on on one of these uh, you know. Uh, dailies that he releases right because he does a three-hour show every day but um there's one specific caller his name is warren and warren is a dude who i mean 
Warren thinks he can fix the Minnesota Vikings. If they would just hire him as general manager, he's got this figured out, okay? So Common caught on that Warren was really annoying Mark Rosen. And Common doesn't care. He's like, oh, if you're a caller, you know, as long as you don't cuss, talk away. Who's Mark Rosen? Is he, like, front office? It's a, no, so he was the sports guy in Minnesota uh, on – he. okay, so he was a, a, a newscast. Okay. Like a – Sportscaster, Sportscaster, yeah. Um, But he was on for so long. He's like a household name up in Minneapolis, right? He's been around for 40-some-odd years, 50-some-odd years. He started at the local CBS station and retired from the local CBS. He was covering the North Stars when they were there and shit. Yep. So he's a media legend up there. He's like Sid Hartman and other personalities that hail from that that region there's actually quite a lot of sports personalities that come from minnesota it's very odd oh it's cold up there um yeah that's all they have to do so anyways warren calls in right and the first time warren calls in Kama's like is this dude serious like he's literally like he he is he's giving you the all 22 analysis of <laughs> a player that no one's heard of right <laughs> You gotta go sign this fucking offensive lineman from North Dakota State, <laughs> right? And he's like, you know, I just see him. I've seen the tape on him. He's got like, he's got really quick feet, strong hands. You know, like talking like a scout. And Common just eggs him out, and he goes, he's like, oh yeah, Warren, man, that's that's some impressive analysis. Who do you think the Vikings need to take at safety? So, <laughs> He'll just keep this guy going. He's right? like, thanks for asking. I've, oh, God, I've been waiting for this. Stringing him along. So, so <laughs> I think we should take it to safety. Fuck out of here. Warren calls in as they're leading up to the draft, right? Um, Warren calls in with all his hot takes on the fucking college game. And one day, Mark Rosen's in studio. He always calls during Mark Rosen hour. So the last hour of the show, one day he calls and Mark goes, oh, God, this is Warren. I'm out. And Mark grows and just gets up and leaves. <laughs> He's like, I can't do Warren today. <laughs> Common would literally bring him on. You know, they have maybe 20 minutes left. Uh, Common's out of talkers. Rosen's ready to pack it in. And fucking Warren's on the phone. And Common, oh, man, it was so funny. Mark Rosen just walked out. He was like, fuck this shit. I uh, I love that when when guests on a radio show get angry, oh, and then the host realizes they've been they're they're incensed. They're like, oh, oh, what's wrong? Come back, man. Hey, just come back, come back. Let's yeah. just let's try to work this out. So fucking he, gold after that. The whole bit with Mark Rosen, right, is like he'll be like, oh, and then third hour of the show, Rosen's gonna join us. We're gonna get him worked up, and. That's all he does. Like he literally his entire hour with Mark Rosen is to play devil's advocate about everything. If if Rosen says he likes the color blue, he's like blue sucks. <laughs> <laughs> For a whole hour. Blue's it wrong. Is, I haven't told you how great, wrong blue is. No fucking idea how this bit has survived as long as it has. How Rosen still comes in. Uh, but it's a great time. Yeah, that's I don't know. It's my kind of radio. It's dry fucking weird humor where you know, you kind of need to have listened to the show a while to know some of the some of the, the stupid, ins and outs. He, he, does, he does this thing; it's called the Wheel of Topics, right? Yeah. And he'll start the show, and at the beginning of the show, he'll be like, "You know, man, wild lose, wolves go down, um, 
Vikings make a trade. There's a lot to talk about today. Let's spin the wheel of topics. And he's got this whole thing. It's like, wheel of topics. Hell yeah. And then, you know, you hear a board, kind of like one of those, like, Wheel of Fortune uh-huh. boards clicking in the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it'll go, let's see where it lands. And there's only one sound bite for it, because it starts this way every fucking Wheel of Topics, okay? Commons golf game. Oh, my God. And then the fucking sound, the talker will go, what Where'd we play? What'd you shoot? Where'd you put it on one? Where'd you put it on <laughs> one? Yeah. Where'd you put it on one? And then he'd be like, right up the gut. You go, uh, and then hit a five iron into the green. And then three putt. Just the putt. Hit <laughs> <made> a bogey. <laughs> um, that's just what it is. And it, every day, if he goes golfing in the summer, that's how he starts the show. But the way it's say. presented to the listener is as though there was going to be some options. Unless, <laughs> you know, it's always Commons golf game that starts off the show. If he went golfing, <laughs> I will say golfing up North is a different beast altogether. You get so much more time to play golf, like in the Northern latitudes. I, what do you mean? I, I like, so when we were driving through like daylight daylight, yeah, yeah. You have a lot more daylight to play. Sure. Uh, we were, my family was driving through Canada in 2000. This is like peak. Tom is playing, my dad's playing golf like fucking every day, wheeling and yep. dealing, doing real estate deals on the golf course and shit. Uh, I'm playing out there, you know, playing like 72 holes as often as I can. Like just sun up to sundown playing golf. Yep. We driving through Canada and my dad's like, Jesus Christ, there's so many golf courses up here. And he wasn't wrong. I mean, there were like nine golf courses in this small town that we were yep. driving through. And at like, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night in the middle of the summer, it's still bright ass daylight. Like you, it, you could easily play golf and still be playing golf then. And you realize like, oh yeah, cause it's sunlight, like fucking 16 hours a day up there. <laughs> it's yeah. wild. But, um, you can only play those courses for about three months. That's the, that's, that's the, the, that's the catch. Yeah. Uh, golfing up there is a lot more expensive too. You don't have cheap courses. Uh, all the courses have to make their money during the summer. So yeah, you're paying 80, 90, hundred bucks around. Well, I mean, and honestly, a lot of those courses are really, really nice too compared yeah. to like central Oklahoma golf courses. I, I should say, yeah, they got a lot of rest and yeah. you know, the, the water melt, well, they Make also sure have crazy elevation changes and shit. I mean, they're building courses on the side of like mountain glacial mountains and shit. So there, it's a lot of fun to play golf up there. It really is. Yeah, uh, Central Texas is fun too. We just it rattlesnakes really kind of put a fucking bummer on it. That too, but when it's as dry as it has been, you know, these courses they can only they're only allotted a certain amount of water, yeah. and then when go underwater restrictions, they can no longer water the golf courses. So, pretty shortly here, that will be the case. And all they're allowed to water are the greens. Um, and then those courses become a nightmare. I mean, if you've ever <laughs> a putter 700 yards. Uh, Welcome to Central yeah, Texas. You're paying on a fucking parking lot at this point. Um, I, uh, <laughs> you hit a drive a little too wrong and sparks come off your club. You're like, what the fuck happened here? Uh, 
we so my the course in my hometown it was a municipal course um but it Did was you guys call it the muni no i never heard that term until i got out of college honestly okay. so uh but it was one of the nicer courses like in central oklahoma and it was really cheap to play there was like 25 bucks around dude it was so awesome uh but uh during like it doesn't didn't matter if it was a drought it could be fucking pouring down rain didn't matter we had i don't know what type of grass we used on the greens uh but it was like if you didn't have a good wedge game good fucking luck sticking a ball on the green i literally saw somebody hit like a a soft eight iron into the green in the rain and it fucking ran off the backside of it (laughs) that's the most frustrating thing uh that really sucks i hate i hate greens like that but when you grew up playing on it like it helped like i think it helped my game a whole lot because then i go to these really nice like you know country club courses playing with you know playing with my brother or my dad or you know business course you know business rounds we'd play and i'd fucking just throwing darts on the greens because they have these like nice soft supple like they grass just they just oh, stop on there i'm like oh shit this is amazing people would be pissed off at me because i I'd, I'd hit a five iron and stick it on the green i'm like yeah eat yeah. shit because i'm used to playing on the goddamn i don't know the parking, parking lot, lot by the <laughs> parking lot by the public pool and uh i can play there i can literally play anywhere all right, give me just one second. I'm going to quickly get a charger, but I want to talk through. I played golf last week, and it was really funny. Give me just a minute. Can't wait. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'm just going to go through what I'm drinking. I'm, it's the last of a dying breed for me. Um, I am drinking my last other half Green City Double Dry Hopped IPA. It's a bummer that it's my last one. Uh, I looked around. I didn't see. Uh, local shops didn't have any new other half beers. Um, but... Something new did drop here in Texas that I think Frank will be very happy about. Frank, the beer that just dropped in North Texas, or the beer, the brand, Drecker, just Uh-oh. came to te- North Texas. That's Portland, right? Uh, North Dakota. It's one of the Dakotas, is all I know. It's way the fuck up there. Really? Yeah, that's what makes them even weirder. Pretty sure I'm saying that, and I'm like, oh, I probably got to check. Drecker Brewery, right. Fargo, North Dakota. Shit. Okay. Fair enough. That's I've had them. It's I very know. good beer. You, the first time I had Drecker was with you. Actually, uh, it was on. I think Why it was did pre- I think they were from Portland? In any case, it, I'm wrong. I think it's because we had some other beer from Portland. Uh, I think we had Gigantic from Portland. You and uh, I did. Probably. Um, yeah. But anyway, Drecker. Uh, a lot of sours and like fruited like smoothie beers and shit, but they had a couple IPAs that came down. Um, I was very tempted to swing over and, and pick some of those up, but I couldn't find any new other half at that, uh, liquor at that, uh, bottle shop. Yeah. Um, you know, so I was kind of bummed it's be a bit for other half to like, you know, be consistently in stock. I'm imagining because there's so much hype around that beer and it is worth the trip. If you can find it, it's very but good. I would not, you know, give it two, three months. Yeah. You know, once people have had it a bunch, you'll probably be able to get it a lot easier. Well, speaking of getting a lot easier, how did your golf game go? Oh, you know, it's funny. Like I'm golfing in general to me is very similar to riding a bike. Like I'm, I'm not terrible at golf. 
even if I haven't played for a long time. Okay. There are components of my game, you know, that suffer by not playing a lot, mainly driving. Like, I can hit irons, three irons, two irons. I had a driving iron that someone handed me the other day. I love irons. Um, I can chip pretty well. Putting is inconsistent depending on, you know, how much you're doing that. But driving, oh, my God, dude. I, I... How would I describe it? Um, do you remember when we went golfing with Rick and he threw his clubs up the tree? Yeah, I wasn't with y'all then, but I did hear about it. Yeah. Um, I felt like doing that with my driver. It was so, so embarrassingly inconsistent. Yeah. Um, and I'm never that bad with my driver. <laughs> but I hit two or three drives that did not leave the ground. Did not leave the ground. You could see the point of impact just past the tee where I had driven the ball into the fucking tee box. <laughs> yeah, that's what we used to call a, a burner is what that is. The uh, real scorched earth policy you took. So it's so bad. I'm not I'm not I haven't pulled a driver out. So I've played three rounds thus far this summer. The first round was the driver fiasco. Um, and I haven't pulled my driver back out. I only hit three irons off the tee. Um, and yeah, that's quite the 10. Oh my God. So, so that's been, um, that's been interesting. And I love golf. I, I just, to me, it's really, to a lot of people, they get really stressed playing golf. To me, it's very relaxing. Yeah. Like I don't expect to be good. I don't play often enough to be good, but I really enjoy playing it because it's me against my own mind you know, going out there playing a game that it, to me is fun. A lot of people get way too worked up about it. They think they're going to be fucking pro next week. And okay, you're just ruining the game for yourself. Right. You're out there four hours, you yourself, nature, enjoy it. You're with your buddies. That's all that matters. Um, but in saying that, I went and golfed with my buddy, Chris, who just lives next door. And then our realtor friend, um, who was the actual person who invited us out to golf. Uh -huh. okay. uh -huh. um, he's only golfed for six months. Mm. And Oh, no. It, it's, you know... He's still in the humbling process of golfing? He's very much in the humbling process yeah. of golfing. And, and it's one of those things where you know what he's doing wrong, but yeah. you don't want to be a jackass. Yeah, you don't right? want to tell a grown man how to fix his problem that so, he's just so, learning about. <laughs> We eventually, you know, get four or five holes in and I can see he's like very frustrated. And I just, you know, and I, I was very nice about it. I was just like, Warren, when you're setting up for the swing, you know, you have to repeat that whole action. Because what he was doing, which is very common, is he was pulling his head out to look where the ball is going. And yeah. that pulls your shoulder out. Then you hit yep. Nuremberg. Right. So that's all I said. Um, and he was like, oh, thanks, man. Okay, so what am I doing? And I was like, okay, well, you know, you got to keep your shoulder in the shot. So you got to, your head's got to stay down. If your front shoulder gets out of the shot, you're going to, you're going to top it every time. Um, so in any case, right, like we're going, we're starting to play whatnot. And my God, Brian, I have never seen a man be so unlucky. Uh, <laughs> he hit just a fucking majestic shot. <laughs> and then 
I the wedge comes into his hand and something happens because he did not hit one wedge of any kind that left the ground. Oh no. One. <laughs> <laughs> I I felt so bad for him. I was like, man, that that's when a round becomes a job, you know? Like <laughs> it's no longer It's a rescue mission no for longer. that golf ball every time you get within 100 yards of the fucking green. <laughs> Yeah, so so I didn't have I didn't have the the audacity to help him any more than you know telling him to keep a shoulder in it, but then after after we were done golfing, I was like, dude, let's just quickly go over to the chipping green. I want to show you something because I think this is going to help you if you practice, right? And I had happened to one year I can't remember when it was my um, my cousin came up. Uh, from South Africa, and he was really serious into golf. He like went to the Ernie Els Academy in South Africa. I was going to say, is your cousin Ernie Els? That's the only South African golfer I know. <laughs> he was a very good golfer, um, and that that he was he had like a scholarship to that school, and yeah. he didn't make pro, but he was he was very he's scratch. I was going to say what they would consider a scratch golfer. Yeah. So he goes, if you get nervous chipping, don't. You know, you need to force your your essentially force your shoulder to stay in the shot. Yeah. And there's a stance where instead of standing addressing the ball like a normal shot, you twist your hips, mm-hmm. you, you face you, your target. You close your you close the club and everything. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and you you face the target, so that way essentially the foot of the club where that turn happens is pointing at the target. Yep. Right. It opens up the club face a little bit, and you're, you're, you're forcing your body to go through the shot like a pendulum. So I'm sitting there showing him how to do this. How many and people did he endanger? <laughs> no, no not, not very many. Not very many. But the other thing is, the other thing that was really funny to me was like, you know, and I mean, I love when people want to try new sports and try golf and whatnot. Um, golf if you learn it at an older age is a very awkward sport. Yeah. <laughs> there is the six foot four man <laughs> with his feet pointed at the target with his wrist like cocked out, right? Trying to hit a club. That's probably an inch too short. for him. <laughs> <laughs> He's chipping onto a green and not making the green. Right, but getting the fresh I'm giving him is proper. It's good advice, right? It, it will help him going forward. But now I know in his mind, he's like, "Fuck, I'm gonna look like an idiot for like <laughs> three weeks before I get out of this." <laughs> it was a really it. The reason I brought it up, it was funny, but it was also humbling in that you know, you and I were fortunate. We learned some of these sports when we were younger. Yeah, you can make these mistakes, and it doesn't. It doesn't look foolish for a kid to top a ball, no. you know, and have it clear in the green. <laughs> While Warren's over here, you're like fucking worm burning. A successful <laughs> business person on the, on the golf course, sucking ass. <laughs> I felt so bad. I was like, all right, maybe we'll come out of here when there's no one or something. <laughs> Dude, I was going to ask if you've ever, if you ever received like golf training from a pro, and it sounds like you have. Uh, well, no, just, uh, just I, from a friend. I mean, a pro like a like a, a you know what I mean, like the a golf yes, pro, yeah. like is not necessarily a professional golfer, but what they consider a golf pro at a at a course. Um, so I was lucky enough. Uh, there was a uh, a guy who lived in my hometown. 
He was, if he wasn't a professional golfer, he like attempted to be. He was really, really good. And uh, he do what? Was his name Tom Kite? No, his name was uh, Tigre Woods. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Oh, I've never heard of him. Never Is heard he of him. Yeah, uh, no, I don't think he knows Elijah. But anyway, um, Elijah. Anyway, uh, no, this dude uh, had a had his own golf shop, and you know, my small town like it didn't stick around very long. But uh, he tried to make it work and gave golf lessons. Well, I was lucky enough to get golf lessons from him on driving. This dude could drive a fucking ball like crazy. And, um, so I learned my swing from him and I, like my dad did a great job of getting me in with him early on because yeah. I played baseball for so long. Uh, my, I didn't have uh, necessarily my head down problem, uh, but I had my hips opening up and I would fucking just drive the ball down the yeah. le- the third baseline. It would, yeah. it was bad anyway. Uh, so this, this dude corrected that and, and, uh, worked on stances and worked on irons. It was a fucking, it was great. But like you were saying, like he, uh, like just working with him, I think it was like maybe two days a week for two or three months. Nothing yeah. crazy in the big scheme of things. Um, but I'd go out and just hit driving range balls. And it was so helpful. Just him working through my swing. And like, you know, cause as, as I'm sure you know, if any listeners have played golf, like your swing is a swing. Meaning like, yeah, it sounds easy as shit. But guess what, assholes? Like it changes from time to time, and and, and your swing is your swing. Yeah, like, I think the other thing that people they try to copy swings. That's not it. You will not copy a swing. Like you can't even. There's swing. a reason that Ricky Fowler looks so different from Phil Mickelson, from Ernie Els, from yeah. you know any of these golfers. All have different swings. Their bodies can't do the same thing. Yeah. And that was that's that's what this dude taught me. He's like, listen, you can muscle up and fucking swing a driver, you know, with a head speed of like 125 miles an hour, yeah, like three or four times in a row, cool. But there's five par fives on the course. Are you gonna do that every time? Like you've got to figure out like how to swing like to where you can reproduce it. And then you know he talks about like I, I was. I played multiple sports at the time. And, uh, at that time, like as I was going into high school, power, li- I was coming out of powerlifting and playing golf, which yeah. spoiler alert fucks you up. It will fuck your world up. Um, but he taught me like, okay, if you're fe- if your back is feeling this way, you need to adjust accordingly. And, you know, by adjusting your stance here and your, sw- your hands here, you know, this is where the ball needs to be in your stance in order for yep. this trajectory to happen. It do work through all those things. So that basically any scenario I walked into, I could hit. I could hit. And the same thing with like, you know, that's that's like a, a user case scenario. But then you start talking about like, what if the ball's below your feet? You hit a ball on the fairway. Perfect. I'm on the fairway, but the ball's below your feet and your the green is like uphill. What do you how do you yep. get to that? You can't just swing a fucking club normally. So they walk through all those, like a good pro will walk you through all those scenarios. And like, I'm not confident that I could go out and fucking, you know, break a hundred right now, but I know I could go out there and have a good time. Like you said, and just compete against myself and like, not, not look like a complete asshole. No, but I mean, so that's (laughs) the thing, right? Like I know for a fact, if I go, I'll go golfing again sometime next week. Um, if I play once a week, well, like, let's say I, I get two or three rounds a month in. Yeah. I can have the odd mid-80s, low-80s round. 
Um, if I really want to consistently score mid to low 80s, I probably need to go twice a week, like, you know, for, for months on end. But that's not what I'm looking for. You know, that's not why I play the sport. Um, I do it for the camaraderie, and it's fun, and, you know, I like being outside. And um, But, yeah, that's really good advice. I mean, if you're, if you're a person who enjoys golf and you're having some, some trouble with specific shots, because um, that's what ends up people and people can end up being okay at you know components of golf um but really piecing it together like right now i'm having trouble with my driver i probably should go pay for a two-hour lesson just to get that sorted yep. because i've never had problems with or this level of problems with my driver um and you know my iron play has really always been very consistent um i normally lose shots putting yeah, and um, that's just not something that I have the time to go work on a putting green for hours, uh, and I'm okay with it. So if I if I if I can play bogey golf, I'm good. Like yeah. that's that's just what I try for. Um, and you're not gonna get a putting green installed in your backyard? No, no, pussy. Come on. But I have a lot of fun doing it, and so yeah. So if 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 you do have access to a good golf pro, or you know have a, a club nearby that has a good one. Definitely go do it. It's not it's not that expensive. Uh, two hours is going to cost you about 150, 200 bucks. Um, you'll get you'll get so much improvement that it'll make up for it when you're out on the course. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty quickly. Yeah, and you'll like I said, that's you'll learn if you pay attention. You'll learn yeah. things that can carry through beyond what your initial problem is, because yeah. that might get sorted out within the first 25 minutes guess what? You got another hour and a half to get through this. Like okay. swinger three iron. Let's see yeah. how that looks. Yeah. Let's see yeah. what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, man, it's, it's really cool. And you're right. We were both really lucky that we got instruction and got opportunities to fuck up before we became adults. Golf looks so foolish when you're old and you're learning it. It looks so foolish because you know how, when you were young, you know the people that do the pendulum swing where it's like swing up, swing down, and up. Oh like God, yeah. Like that it's a natural way to do it, but if you're old and you do that, it looks ridiculous, right? Yep. Um, oh, dude, but, I played with many but, old fogies at the municipal course who that was their swing, and they would shoot in the mid '80s because they would fucking hit in the middle of the fairway every single yeah. time but it's because they swung the exact same way. <laughs> Those swings, man. I mean, that is so bad for your knees. It's not even real. But yeah, so in any case, uh, had a good time golfing. I, I was uh, both entertained and uh, humbled at the fact that uh, learning golf when you're old is a bitch. Uh, I'm glad I didn't have to do it. If you do go out and do it, though, take Brian up, get some lessons. Let's yeah. definitely do it. They're going to help you avoid a lot of early on mistakes. Don't learn golf on YouTube is what I'm Fuck saying. Fuck no. Have somebody watch your swing. My yeah, God. YouTube, not, YouTube only fucks people up in golf. My God. Uh, you know the don't f- get a buddy who shoots in the 80s to come help you. No, no. no. Go get a person who was trained to do this. <laughs> your buddy like myself can tell you some hints, but I'm not going to take responsibility. Yeah. Also, <laughs> we don't know the why this works. We just know it worked for us one time. Uh, you know what the funniest shit when you talked about uh, Rick throwing his clubs into the trees. So I remember when we first moved to Purcell, when I was like 
three years old. Some of my first memories of living up there was my dad playing golf. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he would play golf. They would have, I think it was Monday or Thursdays. They would have like a, like a, a scramble. So you go up, you get randomly paired with three other people. You play a four man scramble. At the time it was only a nine hole course. Play nine holes, best best nine wins the pot or whatever the fuck the prize was. Okay, mm-hmm. and this is the early nineties. Gambling laws were loosey goosey. You know, Reagan was in office not too long ago, so rules are what? Who cares? Anyway, so my dad is playing with his uh, his fucking set of tailor made like irons, which were the most expensive thing that my family owned at the time. I think outside of cars, it's fucking wild. <laughs> Um, and a, I remember this like vividly because of what happens here, a a Ben Hogan wooden driver. Okay. That was my dad's like big money. Yeah. He was, Ooh, I can hit this driver country mile. We get up to the ninth hole, which is now Purcell's 18th hole in their current municipal course. Okay. Which is just a long ass par four downhill into the pro shop like to finish the round yeah okay at the top of the like so i guess the the tee box is here and then it kind of goes up a little bit and then just is downhill the rest of the way so you could hit a good drive and then chip onto the mm-hmm. green like it's it's doable you, you could drive it if there's a strong south wind well old tom gets up there we got two balls in the middle of fair i remember him like I would go out with him and I would drive the cart. That was my fun thing to do. I was like five at the time. So it wasn't right after we moved up there, but it was soon after I would drive the cart, or, you know, if he'd let me or whatever. So I'm tagging along with him. I remember him looking at me and goes like, he's sitting back leaning on his club. Other uh, two guys, you know, the three guys hit one dude just shanks the ball off to the left. Next two guys, middle of the fairway, middle of the fairway. My dad goes, looks at me. You got to a middle fairway. I'm a letter eat. And he get walks up to the tee box. I was I'm like, a letter I'm eat. a letter eat, huh? Like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Like, I don't know what I'm about to witness here. The other three guys are don't know him. Okay. It should be it should be pointed out. They are strangers. Join this group. Well, yeah, because it was a it was a random scramble. You literally go up, you pay your five bucks or whatever. And they just it. randomly assign you, okay? Or, or to uh, they've uh, been team. they've been playing. They they're already eight holes in with this guy, okay? So they kind of know what to expect. Word to him, yeah. Like they're it's very standoffish, okay? Yeah. Old Tom gets up there and he settles in. He gives a little wiggle of the tail, and I see him wind up with the fucking hardest backswing I've ever seen, okay? Like he misses, he misses the ball. No. No, no, no. He makes solid fucking contact, okay? I it. <laughs> it's the, like, I don't, uh, people who don't know golf, like, your backswing is not supposed to be as fast yeah. as your front swing, okay? He winds <laughs> up, it's like, when I say herky-jerky, that's what is happening here. He fucking yanks the club back, pauses for a second, and then just fucking unleashes on this ball. Damnedest thing I ever saw. I've never seen my dad swing like that before or since, okay? <laughs> It sounded like a gunshot. It, yeah, on a wooden club. I can't stress to you enough. This is when wooden drivers were a thing. He fucking hits this ball. And I was going to tell you, wooden drivers weren't a thing in our generation. Yeah, so yeah. this is like 90... and played with it. 92, he had had this driver for a hot minute. 
And he he just crushes this ball. Beautiful shot. Had the cedar tree not been there, it would have fucking still been rolling to this day, I think. <laughs> this ball couldn't have hit more in the middle of this cedar tree. <laughs> And it didn't make like the sound it made was so unique. I knew something was fucked up with either with the tree or the ball. I'm gonna let her eat. He fucking fed that cedar tree that ball so hard. <laughs> it goes. You just hear this. Who like it didn't sound like hitting wood. It sounded like somebody got hit in the stomach. Okay, didn't see the ball come out of the tree. Just whoo. my dad goes. Like, let out the loudest motherfucker I have ever heard a human exclaim and chucked the fucking driver about 30 yards past the tree. If he had hit the ball that far and in that location, it'd have been great. He'd have been sitting pretty just just behind the other two guys on his team. So what did these dudes do? They almost shit their pants. They didn't say a word. They got in their cart and fucking drove off. Mind you, this old man, this Vietnam veteran, has been playing with his fucking five-year-old son this entire time. And in front of said son, unleashes about an 80-yard driver throw. Okay? Like, I can't stress to you how far down the fairway, fairway, this driver went. Damnedest thing I ever saw. Out of the scramble. He fought, oh, oh, the people at the pro shop heard him motherfuck that, that club. They were like, Tom, everything okay? <laughs> He's like, he made me climb in the cedar tree to get his ball, by the way. <laughs> Did you find it? Yeah, I found it. It was pretty obvious. It was in the fucking broken branches of this tree because it hit it going about a buck 30. Like, it, was, it hit this tree so hard. It was you had to go get it as a five-year-old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. mind you, I should point out, I had to dig this ball out of the fucking tree because it hit right where a branch in the trunk met and just, like, it fucked this branch up. It's dead. So I had to climb in there and peel it, like, pry it out. Now, mind you, it should I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm not saying my dad is a bad person or anything because my dad didn't know. I'm highly allergic to cedar. Like, highly oh. allergic to cedar. Oh, yeah, I was having trouble breathing. My fucking face started swelling up. My dad called me a pussy. It was a whole thing. It was... Let's let's put it this way. Pops didn't win the scramble that day. And didn't, they didn't... Their team did not uh, not finish in the top, top four or whatever. It was a sad day. Uh, however, fast forward like 10 years, and as like a, you know, a teenager, young... A tweenager, um, I was playing on dad's team on, on a regular basis... Uh, and, uh, I was, I was winning money, man. Like <laughs> it's pretty sketchy what my dad put me up to, but like he would like, Hey, let me get one down the middle of the fairway. All right. Let her eat. And Brian would, Brian, let her fucking eat. Brian drive a fairway or drive it green if he needed to. Like it was, it's pretty legit. It's pretty cool. My dad would have a fucking little secret weapon that he'd bring out. Cause no one think a 12 year old would drive a par four, but here we go. <laughs> Let's do this. Dude, yeah, golf's a great game. Golf's a great game, dude. It's fun as shit, and I'm glad that I, after all the playing that I did as a as a teenager and teenager, that I didn't develop a serious gambling habit because I feel like it was teetering a really fine line for a while. Yeah, it's it's it can get once you start betting on holes and stuff, it can it can go downhill pretty quick. But you know, it's funny. Oh, 
final final golf story. Yeah. Um, uh, so we we go out. There's like this. One of my buddies had a guys' weekend, and I joined them for the golfing. Wait, um, why'd they let you join? Good God. Um, hey, my word. Is this Parker doing stand up? Hey, oh. Um, so, no. So he goes and does this, like, plans these various courses that we're going to play. And, you know, part of every guy's weekend is like, oh, we're going to do a longest drive and a closest to the pin and whatnot, right? Um, <clears throat> well, there was money put up. There was not money won. Uh oh. Because every closest to the pin would result in no one being on the green. He'll <laughs> <laughs> just donated closest to the pin to charity. <laughs> Long drive. They were all in the woods. Oh, fuck off. I almost won the longest drive with my three iron, <laughs> but I was literally two inches off in the fairway rough. Oh. On the fairway. And them's um, not the rules. Yeah funny I, I was like oh guys we're really gambling out here <laughs> dude when closest to the pin has to go to charity because no one hits the green it's uh it's been a rough round <laughs> yeah that shit was hilarious oh but it, it was a really one time you come down you should bring your clubs we'll go to um they call it old muni down I mean, here here's the deal Where it's got to be oh what tom kite Ben Crenshaw and Tom Kite learned how to play at this course in Austin. And it, the layout has never changed from 1912 or something is when it was built. Jesus Christ. Uh, I got the invite to play at uh, Dallas Cowboys Country Club in Grapevine, okay, through work. And uh, I, I told, <laughs> told somebody, I was like, wait, what? Find it? Uh, I wasn't declined it as so much my invitation was revoked. Uh, when I told them, I was like, dude, I haven't swung a club in like fucking... Frank, how long have you been married? Eight years. Yeah, I haven't swung a club in about eight years. <laughs> were, yeah, but I mean, you just need to go to the driving range and get it sorted for a couple times. It's not... It's yeah, not. I, I know, but I feel like I'm going to show up as Andy Bernard, like, ooh, swung about, hit about 1,200 no, clubs, not. got a, 1,200 balls, I got a couple blisties. <laughs> not. Yeah, no, just yeah, hit the driving range, man. Go out. You you're close to a driving range by you. Just go hit it up. I mean, Swing not really. That's the thing. Like out out here, they're the only things that are out here are like top golf or fucking country clubs. And I I guess there's the polo grounds. I can just buy a bucket of balls and start hitting them at horses. <laughs> Frisco has one. Yeah, it's like all top golf shit or no, uh, country clubs. Lake, Lake Park driving range. Well, it's on I, 35. I'm just saying, go okay. hit up the driving range. Get get yourself back into, you know, swinging, mm-hmm. capable swinging, and then come play golf with me. I, I, I enjoy it. I mean, and like I said, the courses I play, they're all, uh, what, who's the course designer that essentially designs wide open links courses? <laughs> um, yeah. That's, he designed two, uh, public courses out here that I enjoy playing because I'm not a person who is going to go, you know, look for my ball for two hours. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. true. Good time. Uh, there, I will say this in my small town, there was like quite a bit of golf culture in my small town. Um, there was central Oklahoma and golf just, they don't ring. It doesn't ring. There was a course designer who moved to my hometown 
And when I say course designer, I'm not, I'm not talking like small potatoes course designer. I mean, oh. he, he did TP, he's done TPC courses and, oh, and, that's uh, the player, the player championship courses. Yes. And, uh, the out there, his daughter <laughs> was, was, uh, three years younger than me. His daughter won state every fucking year that she was allowed to play. Uh, mainly because <laughs> she'd been playing since she was like fucking six years old best courses his son who is like three years younger than her one state every fucking year that he he was allowed to play because he'd been playing these amazing courses his entire life it was it was wild like our girls our girls uh golf team won state six years in a row it, well six years so only four years were because of her uh sorry i can't no, if she was like a super freshman when she was in eighth grade, dude. If she if she could have, she would have been. I just remember my dad go like when they first moved to town. My dad obviously, you know, fucking gets the load out. Well, yeah. se- first off, sells him a house. Second, like <laughs> finds out all about him. Like, all right, let's go. <laughs> my dad goes, you know, y'all make real good babies. And I go, okay, well, I'm fucking thirteen, so let's. <laughs> Let's try not to arrange too many marriages there, Tom. Like, Tom. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's like, do you imagine your golfing ability with your size and strength? I was like, God, you sound like Vince McMahon right now. <laughs> and like, you're doing some, uh, what, bionic breeding over here? Yeah, I was like, I don't like how this is going right now. This is not, this is not good. It seems very, uh, I don't know, World War II-ish. Yeah, it seems <laughs> a little, uh, how you say... Uh, yeah, would you say <laughs> eugenics? eugenics? Is this what we're doing now here in my uh, personal? I don't, okay. I don't like that. Anyway, well, Frank, uh, next time I come down, I will have to bring my golf clubs, and if nothing else, uh, embarrass myself uh, at a driving range yeah. or something. It'll be fun. I'm gonna tell you right now. As long as you're not swinging like a grandfather clock. Well, I'm just hoping my arm doesn't fall off when I swing, so we'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, it's man, it's funny because, like, for whatever reason, the pandemic brought everybody and their mom onto golf courses. And I will say, if you want to learn how to play golf, there is the game, there's also the etiquette. Oh, it is important to learn the etiquette. And I'm not talking about, you know, putting. You know, if you're further out, you know, you putt first, first, whatever. That that part on a public course, fuck that part. If you're on the green and your buddy's like down the fairway, you go putt. Yeah. Go go finish your ball, you know, and then, you know, it's there's there's something called pace of play. um, And we're not let people play through. You know, we all know. Not on the professional circuit here. Yeah. Um, Finish your putting. You don't need to be. the people who stand over shots for hours, the people who stand over putts for hours want to murder them. Um, but yeah, etiquette, you know, don't talk in people's backswings. Don't, don't, don't stand uh, over it, people's putts. Don't put your shadow in, in people's lines to people. Um, yeah. that happened a couple times this past week where I was like, you know, surely, you know, you're not supposed to, if someone's on the green hit to the green, yeah, yeah, just uh, wait for him to clear off. Um, and then, you know, if you're on the green and you're part of a foursome or, God forbid, the place allows five sums, uh, you you don't have the right 
to have everybody stand around as you putt from various you know, locations, yeah. various locations on the green. Um, yeah, you're not you in a guys, fucking tournament. Just goddamn. Get, no, like, I, I understand if you putt it first and you finish, and yeah. then they putt and they finish. Dude, these fuckers would put their ball down, line up a putt, putt it, be short, pick it up, mark it again, and wait uh, for the buddy. Fuck no. Uh, unless I you're unless your second guys, you can't play like this. Unless like, your second you putt puts you. Like unless your second putt puts you standing in the line of your other buddy's shot, like mm-hmm. I get that, but just finish it. Just finish it. Just ta- especially if you have a tap in, like just use the grip length. Like if it's fucking within a grip, uh, the the grip of your putter, it's a gimme, and let's yeah. fucking move on. I, yeah, I, I, that that was probably the most infuriating you wanna, part. You want to talk about etiquette? Something I saw this week that drove me up the fucking wall, and I only saw it in like a, a Twitter clip. Former shitbag, uh, and uh, fucking hopeful soon resident of New York State uh, Penitentiary System, Donald Trump, was playing golf and he hit like a he sank like a forty foot putt. Okay, which good on you. I mean, even fucking assholes can sink forty foot putts. So congratulations. But I noticed as he was lining up the putt, did you see where his cart was parked? Right on the green. On the fucking green, his cart was parked. Of course it was. And I looked it up just now, and I've noticed there are about a dozen fucking videos on the golf course where Donald Trump is driving across fucking greens with his golf cart. Like, not even kind of giving a shit. I mean, okay, here's here's the question. Um, One, one to ten, how surprised are you? Zero. I'm negative 52 surprised. Uh, one to ten... <laughs> If you saw that man doing it, I would slash tires. I would hit into him. Absolutely yeah. hit into him. I don't give a fuck. Secret Service can suck my butt. Like, I'm hitting into him. <laughs> oh, that's an accident. I'm sorry. Oh, God. I didn't know I could drive the ball that far. Who knew that I could hit a pitching wedge over? Like, I just, I, I mean, scald a pitching wedge 200 yards. <laughs> there is nothing worse than, uh, Driving, driving on the green. Oh my god! There's a video of him literally driving a golf cart on the green. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> track marks on it. Yeah, the dickhole. <laughs> and he's the one driving the cart. Yes, he that kicks his caddy part. and his partner off the fucking cart, and he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck this! I gotta go get my ball." I cannot even. I mean, dude, like uh, courses. He owns the course. He can drive wherever he wants. No, he cannot. Even, Unless he. Is- owning the course this is about the people that, you you hit into that green and you hit one of his tread marks your ball is going in opposite direction yes yeah it's uh, not about owning the course it's about everybody else who paid to play on the course asshole yeah. unless you give everybody a fucking free round because your lazy ass drove on the green Every green I, then fuck it yeah sure fine whatever parked on the green. He parked on the green. And then there was somebody in the cart clapping for him when he sank the putt and he's like running off like he's fucking tiger on Sunday giving the old fist to the air. Like bitch, you what? You parked on the green. <laughs> With how often he plays. He should be beyond scratch. <laughs> he should be shooting in the 70s every fucking time. Heard that he has claimed <laughs> yeah. Yes. That he like a three handicap. <laughs> There's no fucking way. 
And I've seen people with three handicaps swing a golf club. They don't look like that. Remember, <laughs> remember when he fell down that hill? And then he, was like, he, he hit a ball into the rough, which, good job, three handicap. Hit a ball into the rough. The ball's way above his feet. He swings, falls down, wearing white pants, and skids his ass down the hill. Obviously, there's no fucking shots of him doing that, but there's before and after shots. It looks like he shit his pants. Didn't shit it his does. pants. He just slid down a hill because he fucking fell after swinging. That is not so, something a fucking scratch golfer does. <laughs> no. And and there's also absolutely no way that that man counts every shot he hits. No. No. He's, there's no way. He, like, in I, make, the, in the, I make a point of when I'm playing with people to count every shot I hit. If I'm playing on my own and it's just a single round, you know... I'll go I'm out shooting a 63, I baby. I don't even keep score. <laughs> no. Like, I'm trying to, you know, better myself hitting shots from location. So if I fuck up a shot, if I duff it, I just put a ball down, you know, hit hit another shot, try to kind of, you know, develop a rhythm and consistency. Yeah, especially if you're playing by yourself and not in a group. Yeah, yeah. Dude, uh, you know that Donald, Donald Trump is the type of golfer who has a fucking eraser on his pencil. An eraser, and I bet you he has found many balls. <laughs> Never there. Hey, look at this one right here. Couldn't believe it. Shook it out of my pant leg. One that looked like it went into the woods. It got knocked must, back out. Must hit a tree. The darndest thing happened on this one round uh, with, with, with the, the, the dude crew that I went with. This dude hit a driver into the woods. Like, I'm not talking about... <laughs> it went in perpendicular to the woods saw it like <laughs> straight at the tree it was a piss missile into the woods oh no all of a sudden out of fucking nowhere it had cairned off what i could only imagine was about a billion trees this <laughs> was flying out of the woods middle of the fairway a billion trees. it's the fucking craziest shit he picks the ball up it's missing a chunk <laughs> like a part of the fucking outer Core or whatever the the, the layer, the wrapper is off. It's like flat. <laughs> Never seen anything like it. I I couldn't believe it. Like I was like, oh god, that thing is fucking gone. And all of a sudden, this thing just comes out. I'm like, is that your fucking ball? Like, <laughs> this thing got teleported back. Sure <laughs> shit, is this ball. That's... I bet yeah, but I bet Donald Trump hits it into the woods and then goes, oh my god, would you look at this? <laughs> There's a I fucking found it right next to the car path. Could you imagine? And everybody's like, Donald, we saw that hit the fifth fairway. <laughs> there's, there's a guy ble- like a head injury over on number three right now. <laughs> no, it's not me. It's not he's, what ball he's playing. He's got the Trump logo in his fucking forehead two two fairways over. He's the kind of guy who doesn't even mark his ball anymore no. because he knows his tactic, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> Drives down the fairway. <laughs> now I put a B on my balls. That's why that's this one's here. Anybody playing a pinnacle? <laughs> You're a billionaire. So why are you playing pinnacle? Pinnacle is fucking grocery store balls. Pinnacle is just a step. It's a step sideways from top flight. My guy. It is. <laughs> Guess what I drive with? Top flight. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, I, honestly, I take a top flight out the bag because I'm so bad at driving now. Apparently. Mm. I use the top flight and then I'll replace it with my proper uh, Callaway soft core. Uh, I was going to say, you strike me not as a Pro V1 guy, but adjacent. I, so actually, Callaway. I, prefer, I prefer Bridgestone if I can find them. 
they have become very difficult to find. For so I, I, I don't know if they're leaving the golf game or what, but I used I, I do to, like I used to drive with Top Flight only because they had the hardest ball on the market at the they time. I, I would drive with Top Flight because that motherfucker would like trampoline off the face of my driver, and it was great. And then I would replace it with either a Callaway or at one point I was a big Greg Norman fan. The shark. Oh, those, those were great balls. Those were great. Um, I also like uh, Tommy McGregor. Yeah. Tommy McGregor. Those were good. Th- those clubs. The clubs. Those clubs. Are, so that's clubs. What, that's what my dad plays with now. He plays with blades. I ever played with. That's what I was gonna say. My dad plays with Tommy McGregor blades because he yeah. play. He, well, up until COVID and honestly some health issues, he used to play like five times a week, and he would. He could pull off blades. I could never fucking play bladed clubs. Couldn't. Yeah. I tried. I even got fitted for some Titleist blades when I was in high school. That way they, yeah. they would have, they would have been the most expensive thing in my family <laughs> besides cars. Yeah. Uh, but I, when I tested them out, I couldn't fucking hit them. I like anything above like a seven iron, huh? Is it just a mental thing? I think it was at the time yeah. uh, because anything above a seven iron, I, mean, I would I just. But the opposite, cavity back mentally i can't hit like i i think i'm going to literally dig a hole ah, yeah, my golf club. the blades if you hand me a bladed glove any of them any any bladed iron i can hit it like i love love to hit them um and i hit them straight like i'm yeah. I, I enjoy but put a fucking club in my hand that i can see the back yeah it, Fucks me up totally, dude. I so this is this is where I went with my drive game and my. Just, sorry, sorry. Just to be very there, it does not fucking matter. No, like, absolutely not. Cavity back. If you're scoring it's, low, it does not fucking matter. It's a fucking. It's like a millimeter of weight difference in it's between. Or not, you can see the club at approach, or you can't see the back of the club. That's yeah. all. Blade and cavity back is yeah. So to show you how serious my dad was, I, I, this is what it boiled down to. Okay, I know we were done with golf talk, but I I just had a realization because as you're talking about clubs and fitment, I realized that my dad really was just using me for my drives for these scramble tournaments. Uh, drive whore. I was a I was a fucking I was a size whore, a size queen when it came to fucking length of drive because my dad had. A, I had a special club, a special driver made for myself. Okay, I remember you still have it. I still have it. the 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 face is cracked because that's how hard I swing my driver. It's cracked in Stillwater. Uh, it was cracked in high school. My oh, guy, I knew it cracked but again. When I I, had, I continued to play with it because it, if hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. it. I was still crushing drives, but I got to thinking when we were talking about club like swings and everything. I remembered that I have a swing, my driver, I have to swing a specific way or else it will go fucking shotgun spread. If I don't swing hard enough, it will fucking just splay out wherever because the shaft of my driver is what they call like a red 65. It's a red shaft and then a yellow tip at the end. Okay. Because it's the stiffest shaft it can be, but then it has a flexible end on it. But the flex end is hard or some shit. I don't know is a whole fucking thing that my dad like cooked up with a goddamn golf pro that was out at the, at the municipal course. It was, a, it was a whole goddamn thing. It was like, Hey, here's his club head speed. Here's his angle of, of like uh relief or whatever the fuck it is. Cause we went to like a God, you know, back in the day, 
like mm-hmm. now those virtual golf like driving ranges are everywhere. But back in the day, there was only specific. You had, go, you had to go to like a fucking strip mall. <laughs> yeah, but no, it wasn't even in Oklahoma City. It wasn't even a strip mall. It was a uh, like a custom, like for lack of a, a tailor fit fucking club maker. Okay. We would go there and they would give you the club head speed, average club head speed, angle of like upswing in the okay. everything. everything. Yeah. So they would tell me like I had a an eight degree driver yeah. with like a the largest. It was, you know, back in the day, like right after they started coming out with these trampoline faces, like the TaylorMade R five and shit like that. Yeah. There were CCs or cubic centimeters of fucking displacement that these heads would have, and mine had the like. Largest by fucking legality at the time. Yeah, because bubble drivers weren't a thing. Yeah, they it didn't exist. You had flat amounts of face that everybody had. Yeah. And then the material behind the face was different. And it, they would sometimes bubble, but the face was... Yeah. That's the shit that if you go buy a, a driver, like a, a, a big Bertha... Yeah. From the mid-90s, that face was tiny. It was, it was not a big... It was not... This one was like... I remember it was like the biggest faced club in my family and everybody's like, Oh, Brian's got the, Brian's got the big dog. Just pull it out. Let's see what you got. But dude, I cracked the face of this club because I was swinging so fucking hard. It wasn't that I like miss hit a ball. I fucking just cracked the head of this club. Still swing. still hit the ball. Nice. But I remember specifically having to swing hard to make sure the ball went straight and how wild that thought is now. I'm like, if I went out, because I still have the driver, that's my that's mm-hmm. my driver. Like, if I hit that now, there's God only knows where that fucking ball is going to go, because there's no way I can swing as hard as I could when I was in high school. And by the way, those McGregor clubs that you just sent in the chat, the tourneys, those are my dad's clubs, except... These are my favorite clubs. Except... They don't make them anymore. On the shaft, on the backside of the, you know, where the heel comes down, on that shaft that connects where the the metal part that connects with the shaft of the club, yep, it says TRL because my dad's initials back there, like hand engraved. (laughs) Oh, dude, they're fucking sick. Yeah, these clubs, I I will I will vouch, I will go to like the mat. These are the best blades I've ever played. I don't have them anymore. They got stolen. Um, in the multiple moves in college, but McGregor Turney MT irons, if I can find them that they're not redone and look like shit, um, I would, I would pay some money for them. They're, uh, they're great. Frank, right now I've got, uh, one of two sets of clubs in my bag. I haven't, I literally haven't taken the, the cover off my golf bag, which does yeah. have my fucking name on it. Thank you very much. Um, it does. I have per- Purcell golf team too. <laughs> Hell yeah, dragons down the side. It can fit eighteen beers in that giant dragon's pocket. <laughs> uh, I don't even know one or two sets of irons. Either a knockoff set of tailor-made irons, yeah, my first set of clubs ever, or I think most likely it's a set of King Cobra two knockoff irons mm-hmm. that are in there right now, uh, with a set of pure spin wedges and. Oh, just and the diamond those face things, man. <laughs> those things are they're so they're ridiculous tasty you remember um, you remember the ads for those clubs yeah they were fucking amazing and they were amazing until you realized that if you weren't past the pin oh you're fucked you're that thing is coming straight back oh you had to take an aggressive <laughs> approach every time yeah, uh, or or as you, i like to call it attack the pin yeah, every time exactly. 
I remember my dad called it an attack wedge. I didn't realize that he was being sarcastic until I got into college and I said that in front of Frank and Frank goes, the fuck are you talking about attack wedge? I was like, yeah, that's what this is. It's a 52 degree attack wedge. He goes, it's an approach wedge, you asshole. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, it's definitely an approach wedge. It says A. You can make any A that you want. It's an asshole wedge. Look at this. What I really enjoyed about the pier spin is A, that face wore off pretty damn quick. Oh, immediately. The diamond face. Reduced. But not only that, you would see people hit the ball. Like, I remember multiple times you'd hit it, and you would pick the ball up off the green with just scuff marks on it from where you hit it. So not only are you destroying your golf ball yeah. to try to get spin, yeah. uh, <laughs> you also have to hit it about 10 yards past the pin in order yeah. to get it anywhere near the pin. I don't see what the problem is here. You just, you just hit it back and just pick it up. Just I just it. <laughs> like the fact that they advertise that it's going to lower your game. Hell yeah. Uh, there's, there's that one, and then there's the doctor spin or Oh, something. the spin doctor. So I have both of those in my bag right now. I had the pure spin, which is diamond-faced only. Spin but the spin doctor, spin doctor, you could replace the face of the wedge. That's right. You could choose. And I had the reverse grooved, which God. is a plastic face on a club. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. anyone thought this would be legal for Good any Lord. play. Fucking spin doctor. Dude, I, I remember could... playing out on Purcell's municipal course. You pop out, you pop out the fucking Yeah, club. You, you use a T to pop out the, the yeah. club face. I remember playing on Purcell's municipal course. Has literal ridges. Yeah, dude, they fucking checked my bag playing just a fun scramble round one time. They're like, "Hey, that asshole's got a spin doctor, Brian. You can't play with that." I was like, "Oh, okay." They're like, "Let me see your bag." I was like, "We well, fucking assholes. Of course, I don't have it in there." In twelve. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, at the time I was fourteen. All right, so, but that like, like thinking Brian, back on it, fourteen year old hits you spin or beats you spin doctor or no spin doctor. I'm fourteen. Like suck yeah. my ass, dude. <laughs> I remember the one of the most embarrassing moments of my life was picking up the longest drive trophy uh, at a like a charity scramble when I was thirteen years old. I was so I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to kick y'all's asses. I'm so sorry. It was like a fucking $50 gift card to Kohl's or some shit. Like, I don't know. (laughs) So it's funny because there is, there is so much, I don't know why we're talking this much about golf. We we need to go play. Um, There is so much about golfing that people swear can be fixed with technology. Fuck no. That it's, it is hilarious to me. It's like, there is not a single thing that a club is going to fix for you. They now sell a 70-degree lob wedge to play out of the sand with. If you need a 70-degree lofted iron to play a sand shot, you should probably just go play, uh, uh, you know, pay for some time with a pro to play a proper... Here's the deal. uh, If you're hitting a 70-degree wedge... Show me, show me a seventy degree wedge, and I'm going to show you a house that's off a green that's about to get its back windows broken out, because there's no way that the average Joe is going to fucking loft a seventy degree wedge. Yeah, yeah, no, they're going to burn that shit straight through. They're going to fucking they're they're going through every green and every bunker around the green. That's yep, it's, called, it's called the Hummingbird H7. Fuck off. It, Honestly, I can't think of a worse invention. It 70, 70 degree wedge. 
that thing's damn near flat. It looks damn near flat. I have a sixty degree wedge and it feels flat whenever I lay it whenever I lay it down. That's that and that's I feel like it's crazy. I can't hit that outside of like the fringe. And they 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 advertise it as extreme loft means never opening the face Shut for a high loft or sand shot. So it's like okay, um, so you're just never going to learn how to properly hit hit the ball. No, well that's sand- why that's why seven woods exist. I, I have I had a seven wood in my bag for the longest time. Do you know what a seven wood replaces? A three iron, basically a five iron. That's how deep we're getting into the irons. Do you remember back in the day when they would fuck it? I forget the name. It was like a, the uh, the safety wood or fucking what the rescue wood. Rescue wedge, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. The rescue wood. They would have an entire bag full of fucking woods. Yeah. You would have like a a twelve wood and a fifteen wood or some shit like that, and they were just iron angled woods. Dude, they have they have now taken. Okay, it, it, I don't know how you feel about hybrid clubs. Mm. I'm terrible with them. Um. Because you kind of have to have a hybrid driver iron swing. Yeah. Uh, I do not hit them well. Just like I don't hit a five wood well. Um, but I can By hit the a way, three iron, like I, 250 yards. I, so think, I, need- I think the five wood is the only legitimately brand name club I have. And it's a tailor-made five wood from 1994. Oh, sweet. I'm going to go out. I'm going to drag my golf bag out after we're done recording. And I'm going to send you a picture. Because I guarantee that's the only brand name fucking wood or like... Eh, my putter. My putter's also brand name. That's the only thing that's fucking brand name, and it's from back before a lot of our listeners were born. So I, I can't hit these hybrid irons yeah. for shit. Um, but I do think it's funny because they invented this whole category of clubs for people who can't hit long irons. Yep. That's what they did. Yep. Um so much so that I have to go <clears throat> specifically find golf sets that have three through pitching wedge, which are becoming harder to find. They're becoming very difficult to find. And I'm over here. Like I would much prefer hit a driving iron than hit a, a wood yeah. of any kind. I, I, for some reason, like I used to be able to hit drivers really well. I can't even hit that at the moment. Um, <clears throat> but give me a three iron. I, promise you unless you're driving at 350 i'm going to be within 20 yards of you um because if my three iron rolls it can go 270 280 all day no problem um so i just find it funny because you know the golf industry is just inventing clubs for no problem you know like this shouldn't be a problem you not being able to hit a three iron is not a problem yeah that's a you <laughs> yeah, it's the fucking it's the the uh, as seen on TV like have yeah. you had problems brushing your teeth and it's just white people fucking dropping their toothbrush in the in the sink and they're like use the the patented like trough brush and it's just got somebody putting a feed to, sack on their face. I will laugh my ass off the first time I see someone whip out a hybrid three Oof. in a PGA tournament. Uh, well, that's whenever, never whenever that happen. day happens. Oh, no, well, it will happen. The senior These, PGA, it absolutely will. Yeah. At some point in the next 10 years, someone's going to go out there and play on tour with hybrids. And it's going to be just funny because that is embarrassing is what it is. 
All right, so, I, I, we're gonna wrap because I gotta I gotta go at this point. Go in more than one way. Uh, and speaking of going more than one way, we hope you go to our social media pages and check us out over at No Beer Left Cast on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to hit us up over on Gmail if you want to send us an email to let us know how we're doing. What should we be drinking? What should we be thinking? At No Beer Left Behind Cast at gmail.com. Um, we do have a TikTok. It exists. We have a Facebook. It does exist. We'll get to that at some point. Uh, be sure to check out my air conditioning woes uh, over the next week over on our Instagram account. And uh, don't forget to leave us a review or a rating over on your favorite podcast app. We would very much appreciate it. For Brian here in North Texas, until the next time I speak to you, I am out. Frank in Central Texas. Uh, thanks you so much for putting up a golf talk. I guess we turned into uh, no golf discussion left behind um, for one evening. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, as Brian said, if you got any feedback, drop us on the socials. I'm out. Beep.